Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Good morning, everybody. It's the Ohio, and it's Monday morning, January 25th, and I have a little extra time to work on the show this weekend, and I we have a huge agenda. My bad, guys. I am sorry. And on top of everything else, we have football games, and hey, I don't want to break down football too much. We're not that type of show, but I will say the Super Bowl is going to be a classic millennial versus boomer. Did you guys hear about this? Kansas City against Tampa Bay. Believe me, my Steelers are out of it. I'm not going to worry too much about it. But you got Patrick Mahomes, which I believe is like 25-26, against Tom Brady, who's 43. Are you rooting for the old guy, Brandon and Greg? Well, I'm not really rooting for anybody in this matchup. I don't really like um, Tom Brady in the old Patriot way um, and some of the things they've, they've been uh, caught doing over the years. Uh I guess, you know, with Tampa Bay, it was sort of a fresh start for him. So maybe I don't really have any as much, you know, issue with him in Tampa Bay as I did with New England. But, uh, you know, I was kind of hoping Buffalo would maybe pull it out and maybe get something new in the Super Bowl this year. But, uh, you know, Kansas City, I have nothing against them. Andy Reid's a great coach. Patrick Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback. And I think I'd probably be rooting for uh, for Kansas City in this situation. Brandon, uh, let's don't break it down too much. Are you, are you an old guy fan or a, or a young guy fan? I don't know if I even would put put it in that kind of dichotomy because, like, uh, um, it was easy just to hate the Patriots and Brady when they were together. Now it's just fun to watch watch like, ooh, who's uh, got the who's done better in this breakup uh, after a relationship um, kind of deal. But, um, um. I'll root probably for the Chiefs. Let's root for the young guy. Old yeah, generation needs to go. Well, I'm thinking, that, you know, hey, I'm 46. You know, it's like at the office. The young guy comes in the office with fresh ideas. But the old guy's like, hey, look at me. I'm still relevant. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a Tom Brady guy. But because he ruined the hearts of my Steelers way too much. But, hey, go old guys. <laughs> I'm, I got to stand for my old guys. So I don't know. That, that's I about think- enough talk <laughs> well the only fun tidbit i thought was that tampa bay now they're playing uh the super bowl in their own stadium is that yes. am i hearing that right and this is a, a first ever in nfl history it is wow. but it's weird because for the year for it to happen it's covid which i heard it, it was like i think there's a lot twenty thousand people which is might even be a little bit of a lot but they're having like 7,500 are going to be vaccinated first responders are going to fly in. Just kind of a thank you. So, yeah, it's their home stadium, um, but it definitely won't be like all Buccaneer fans. Like, it's not, you know, typical Buccaneer fans. It'll still be your celebrity hobnobs and a bunch of vaccinated workers, which I guess is good. It's vaccinated workers. So, maybe they should have flew in a, a stadium full of vaccinated workers. And you could have that, you know. Okay. I, I don't know if that would work, or not, but I don't know. Too many questions. But like I said, we don't want to break down football too much. I like the pop culture aspects, and as the game gets closer, we'll definitely talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. I don't even know who's playing the this year. The weekend. Oh, boy. The weekend, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, we may not talk about as much because I'm a really big weekend guy. Come on. I mean, we need. I know you want us to do podcasts on the weekends, Chris. 
Yes. And <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you for bringing it up because we got to get into the meat of the show. <clears throat> yeah, first of all, we kind of dropped the surprise. I think back to when Brandon and I first started this, we didn't even promote the podcast. We just recorded one and we said, hey, everybody, surprise. And, you know, that's how the whole thing started. Well, we kind of did that over the weekend. Craig's been looking for opportunities to kind of do some more pop culture reviews. And we honestly. I'm doing probably about 10 podcasts a week, so I was kind of hesitant to add podcast number 11. Uh, but Craig uh, kind of took the bull by the horns and did some pop culture reviews over the weekend. He did um, Promising Young Woman. Um, what else? Uh, flight spotlight. Attendant. And spotlight. Yeah, and, and Flight Attendant. And it, it did well. And Craig, excited to see what you're coming up with for, for the weekend. So it should be good. So, yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. And it was good. And I'll try to do some, and maybe we'll try to twist Brandon's arm into doing one down the road. It should be fun. So. <laughs> but you have to do it at 6 a.m., though, Brandon, on Saturday. That's, that's the only oh, time. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to yeah. wake up at 6 a.m. on Saturday to do it. Craig is true to our time. He said, I got to do it at 6 a.m. I'm like, no, dude, you can do it whenever. He's like, I'm no, I'm going to get like a, a sleep cap. I don't sleep in sleep caps, but I'm going to get one just to wear one just for the <laughs> – just a hey. silent protest here. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be pop culture. We can review other items. I might mm-hmm. review food. I might go and get some more Subway protein bowls and let you guys know what's going on with that. So it should be good. Thank you. Just take better photos, Chris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, hey, I'm not Subway's PR guy. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, the, the camera can't lie. You, you just shoot the, the, the thing and you go with it. You know, you're not PR for Subway. So it's good. Um, also, there's too much content. I don't want to hear anyone ever complain saying, hey, you guys don't put out enough content. There's a ton. Uh, this morning, uh, Tyler Buchanan uh, came on, and we released a podcast for him. I'll tell you, Tyler knows his politics, and Tyler's got a lot of tidbits. It was funny. We both started out saying, dude, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, I said that to Tyler. Tyler said to me, let's keep it 15, 20 minutes. I asked Craig to – I'm Craig. Tyler – Two questions. Forty minutes later, we were still going. I said, "Tyler, let's wait till next week." <laughs> Tyler's going to try to come on every week, and lots of great political tidbits from Tyler. Lots of uh, interesting stuff. I mean, it talked a lot about the uh, inauguration of Joe Biden. He also talked about some of the things happening around Ohio, and he's going to try to come on every week or have uh, one of his um, Ohio Capital Journal. Um, cohorts uh, come on. So, yeah, it should be good. A lot of good things coming from the High Capital Journal, and we definitely want to hear more about them. So, wow, lots happening. As always, Chase Bank, um, we got a couple of sponsors that are signing up, but remember Chase Bank. Um, again, if you need good online banking, uh, it's a pandemic. You don't want to have to go to your bank 50 times. Try Chase Bank. Use the link on our podcast page. Sign up. A tax and direct deposit uh, helps the show, but also helps you out as well. You get 200 free bucks. Whatever podcast is giving you money for listening to it, it's us. All you got to do is sign, you know, sign up, and you're good to go. And make sure you use our link. And, again, um, subscribe. Uh, I've seen some more subscriptions over the weekend. Uh, subscribe with your favorite provider, you know, Spotify, you know, um, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, anything. Uh, it's a great way to support your show, too, and follow us on social media. All right. Lots of promos, lots of things, but let's get to the uh, body of the show. Uh, there's a lot happening. Um, when this started out, um, Dispatch reported yesterday that Ohio is having its lowest COVID case toll in 12 weeks. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, uh, but it's a trend that's continuing to happen. Uh, yesterday, I believe um, Ohio reported about 4,300 cases. Um, Brandon, what do you make of this trend still happening? I mean, obviously, we're not out of the woods on COVID, and I think that's definitely the wrong idea that people send. But, you know, we talked a little bit about last week, and then it's kind of continuing. Is this, a, is this a good sign, or are we just trying to make too much out of a little bit? Could be, but either. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, that's a terrible answer. But, um um, yeah, I, I think time will tell further down if the numbers keep going down, going down this trend this way. Um, that's just a positive sign. Um, we're starting to roll out some vaccinations for the elderly folks. Um, so, um, of course, those sound like the, the two shot 
uh, kind of, I'm hearing it's been mostly available, not the one shot. So, um, you know, I think we're going to, it's going to creep up on us and where we're cases are going to be really down substantially at some point. Um, and experts are saying we'll probably get back to a more of a normal by the fall. So, um, you know, a lot of positive signs, but yeah, we're still in the woods. I don't know. I can't, it's hard as hell. Like, cause so there's such a delay on what the, what these numbers really meant about what people's actions were like weeks ago. So I don't know if people are just are masking up or if they are, um, you know, reducing their time, uh, staying, they're staying inside more in their own homes. Um, it's hard to say, but, um, um, it's just, yeah, nothing, nothing, uh, but it's welcome. Those, uh, kind of declines in numbers. Yeah. Craig, I, I don't even know what to make of this because I, <clears throat> I can't, I'm not seeing any, like, I guess we don't hear as many stories in the news about maskless parties, maybe in Ohio. I don't know what it is. Um, but then on the other hand, I think in the summer we were still getting about what what was like thirteen hundred new cases a day, where it, it suddenly spiked. So we're still definitely ahead of where we were. Um, are you think people behaving themselves a little bit more than they were a couple weeks ago? Because we were at with what twelve thousand a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean it's possible. These are very encouraging numbers, but you know there's nothing stopping the governor on Tuesday saying, well, you know, we we came off of a good weekend and now all of a sudden we're back up to eight, nine, ten thousand cases. So, you know, <clears throat> you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt at this point because the next day could be, you know, back to where we were and you know the averages will peak again. And you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that maybe more people are wearing masks. I know businesses are maybe cracking down a little bit more. Um, bars are getting cite, you know, cited for not having, you know, people cooperate with protocols. So it's possible that, you know, maybe people are starting to come around to wearing masks, you know, but it's also possible that, you know, with Ohio State football season being done and the Cleveland Browns being done, maybe people are just stopping, you know, their little get togethers and parties. I don't think people are having Cleveland Cavalier parties, you know, so um, it's possible that maybe some of the uh, family get togethers are starting to, you know, dissipate, you know, maybe, you know, coming off the holidays, obviously we're a month out from Christmas now. And, you know, I think maybe more people are just not visiting anymore now that the holidays are over and, you know, hopefully we're returning to more normalcy. And of course the vaccine is starting to help out a lot of the elderly people as well. So hopefully it's a combination of everything. And this is a, a nice trend that we're, we're looking forward to, to seeing a, just a downward, you know, downward trend here in these case numbers. Well, I guess the next biggest party day or event day might be the Super Bowl, but I'm not sure if as many people are doing Super Bowl stuff as they used to. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm hoping for more success. I, I, I'm not hearing more people say, hey, let's wear a mask and everything. Um, uh, the mask mandate that President Biden, you know, it was kind of political. If people are one side of cloth, they're like, ooh, boo, mask mandate and everything. So I, I'm still hearing a lot of resistance to trying to be safe, I guess, is yeah. a better word for it. But you never know. I don't know. Uh, the, the other interesting thing I, I was seeing over the weekend was um, – the U.S. Capitol, you know, you had the protests there. Uh, we've documented on the show, it's documented everywhere else, how weird it was because they got, the people that came in, the protests, you know, they had some damage, they threatened people and everything else. A lot of people just walked away. You know, they weren't arrested right away. And you've seen a very dramatic push to arrest some of these people over, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, people were being arrested all over the country. You're still seeing... Um, a push here in Ohio, which I thought was really interesting. Um, there was two people arrested in the Columbus area. There were a couple of arrests from around, um, you know, Ohio about people who were there. But you're still seeing a push. There was a report in the Newark Advocate over the weekend talking about how there were people that are still being sought. So the FBI is looking for um, – protesters and people who were there breaking the Capitol on big billboards um, that you see on the side of the road. Is this too much? Is it, Brandon, is this kind of weird that we're still doing this um, a couple weeks after the fact? Um, I don't think necessarily it's weird. I think it's they're doing their due diligence to investigate the matter. Um, it's no different than people have used 
this kind of marketing tool to like find, you know, you've seen how many like uh, requests for information about a murder or um, sometimes that's put up by loved ones. I mean, it doesn't hurt. I mean, um, no different than like, um, you know, I was like on Facebook the other day and like someone had posted on one of their, on my neighborhood groups, like, Hey, if you see the silver car, you know, specifications. Uh, yeah. And I was at Home Depot at the time and I looked up and there was this silver, silver Dodge. And I'm like, and it had sort of a similar license plate. And I was like, oh, this can't be coincidence. But Liddy was pretty specific on her specifications. But hey, I checked in with her and sometimes those kind of things, um, um, you know, these kind of tools are useful to get more information. I mean, um, we kind of have to, they kind of have to hit the ground running just to kind of, because when it, when it's all fresh in everyone's minds and maybe they know some some information that could be vital to reveal uh what what was really going on behind the january 6th riot capital rights well i guess i'm kind of surprised because you would have thought okay you had the u.s capitol building and i remember watching the awful day i remember watching the national guard coming in and i would think i mean i was hoping and praying that a lot of people didn't die because if, you know, the National Guard comes in, people don't want to leave, you know, hey, you might have to take, you know, force to retake the U.S. Capitol. And you don't want to see a bunch of people dying. So that was my fear when I first saw the National Guard came in. Thankfully, uh, you know, the deaths, well, five deaths is still five, way too many, but it could have been a lot worse. Um, but I, I guess the thing that kind of surprised me was, when the National Guard came in, I'm surprised that these guys that went into the Capitol weren't detained. Because you would think that you could hold them on charge of going into the Capitol building. And, yeah, you're right. I, I think it's good that you want to ask for tips. There's nothing wrong with the FBI's doing. I, I think it just was a colossal mess up, not to at least detain all these people. <clears throat> and then you can figure out what happened and you can prosecute them right away. I guess that's where I'm at. I think that's the narrative, though, is it's more of a logistical, it was a logistical nightmare. Like, yeah. you had a lot of protesters just looking at the them all pushing their way into the into a, a building um, and then, like, overcoming police and then, you know, police officers kind of having to give, I mean, one what's supposed to do, hey, <laughs> grab one, secure them, block them up, put them by the side of the hallway. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't know, I mean, like, that's that's what's really kind of all strange about the situation is just like, um, the, what's the, what's the actual accurate narrative? Um, was it just incompetence? Was it sinister? Was it, um, you know, un, un, under, uh, underestimating what was actually going to happen despite, um, reports that say that they've been, that, um, you know, FBI and other folks have told Capitol Police, this is going to get nasty. We're seeing this talk on social media, so I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think that's why they're trying to do an investigation and look into what's going on. I mean, well, um, and, and yeah. at least with it being 2021, they're actually having evidence like, okay, social media posts, or here's video that shows you being there knocking over stuff. At least it's more than like the McCarthy hearings where, you know, someone might say, I heard he was a communist. Well, I never said that. Well, I heard, you know, I, I guess at least there's more substantial evidence here that could bring some of these people to justice. So. I don't know how they're going to get every arrest every single person at the rally I, that, who were at that event. I have, I don't know if that's the goal of, those, of that marketing or if they're just looking for people of, um, well, I think it's got to be people actually broke. Right. Yeah. I, I think Craig, tell me if I'm wrong, but it looks like they're looking for people who actually went inside the Capitol building. Yeah. yeah I mean, because, you know, the rally itself, I mean, yeah, you can make an argument. Does it make sense to go there? But obviously, going there to the rally itself wasn't necessarily a crime. But once you went to the Capitol, and definitely that's where the crime started. Yeah, I, th I mean that's that's the ultimate goal, I would imagine. Here, anybody that did anything illegal, obviously, you know, peacefully protesting, you know, not such an illegal act, but breaching the the U.S. Capitol and 
vandalizing things and stealing things from people's desks and that's illegal and i you know you you hope that everybody comes to justice my i kind of i'm kind of with you on it chris of why didn't they detain some of these people that day it would have made it a little easier but you know they were already overrun and maybe they just wanted to kind of calm down you know any possible extended violence but you know i think it would have been a, a whole lot easier to just detain people and then you can let them go as you know, as needed, you know, maybe there's no evidence to suggest they did anything because it's going to be hard to track people down. Thankfully, we've had some people step up and, you know, they've actually kind of pointed the finger at their friends and said, well, yeah, that's my friend. I know where that person lives when they've seen the videos on, you know, various news stations or people, you know, getting a photo from the FBI to see who this person is. So, you know, good thing people have stepped up because, you know, that was the, the big fear is that when people go back home, you just kind of wonder how they're going to get tracked down. Well, and I think this also proves the evidence of good journalism um, because you got to look at it. The government is spending a ton of money for this investigation where, again, if they detained people, it would have saved them so much money. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, hey, support local journalism because a lot of times uh, journalists are trying to figure out where your tax dollars are going. And, yes, the investigation where they could have just detained people, I mean, it's going to cost a lot more with – your tax dollars. Um, Brandon, I remember, um, Brandon, I worked at a small paper, and I'm sure you can figure out which one it is if you know us well enough, where they, in essence, hired a news guy because they weren't happy with the fact that the newspaper in town wasn't daily anymore. And they weren't happy with the fact that, you know, the newspaper was pursuing hard news about the town. So you hired your own news guy, which, okay, you might say, well, who cares? You know, they could do that if they want. Well, that was another salary. That was another benefits that goes out of taxpayer money. And so, you know, I, I think that we need as a society to understand what's where our tax dollars are going. And to me, it's ridiculous because of the fact that they couldn't detain more people. And Brand's right. They probably can't couldn't detain everybody who was there. It was a logistical nightmare, but they really barely detained anybody. And it's just it's adding to way a lot more cost and headaches. It stinks. Uh, I guess uh, I hate to be the old man griping about taxes, but that's where this thing frustrates me. I mean, yeah, they need to detain everybody who was involved. I'm not saying that, you know, these guys didn't do anything wrong, but do it the right way. It could save our, our country so much money. It's kind of nuts. Um, I shared a story, and, you know, we've talked about conspiracy theories and faith a lot. I don't think the there was an article over the weekend. Um, I that appeared a lot of Northern Ohio newspapers. The link I added here, I believe, was from the Alliance Review, but it was written by Sharita Gaucher of the Canton Repository. I don't want to go into it too much because I think we've really beat the, the topic of death lately, but it's another good example of a concern about conspiracy theories that happen in politics. There's a lot of churches that kind of embrace these conspiracy theories, and it does a damaging role to faith um, in general. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to read the article, uh, but like I said, I, I kind of left it there just as more evidence of what's happening. I would imagine that there's some Christians who are going to read the article and get ticked off and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, this writer's just way over embellishing it. No, they're not. And I would say if you're a Christian and you think this article is written bad or anything, understand that's how society is thinking about you because some of the conspiracy theories you put out there. So, yeah, I thought it was an interesting article. Did you guys, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. I'm not, we don't need to have another 10-minute discussion, but uh, th was there anything that kind of came out that you wanted to mention, Brandon? Well, since you went to me, I'll go. Um, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, I mean, I've kind of, I've lived it. <laughs> I, li I live in that right. those, those fears. Um, uh, when I, as I was... Because uh, I was folks in my family and folks within uh, friends and family within the church circle I was part of for a while was um, very big into the conspiracy theories. Maybe not, and some were like were reasonable, and you know they look at the facts and don't really go into go that deep. But um, there were some who were putting um, you know the Infowars website on their Bible pamphlets and passing yeah. them out. So. Um, you know, Alex Jones probably needs to pay, pay them uh, some some of that marketing fee, I would suppose. But um, um, this has been to me. So it was really strange how this kind of 
um, all culminated with the, the rise of the Trump presidency. Um, cause it was just, there were signs. It's just, it was when looking back in hindsight, it's like good gravy. This is, um, this is, this has been building up and you kind of th- thought, uh, well, you know, the Republican establishment would keep this in check, but, um, I, they didn't. So that's, I don't know. I mean, like it goes back to, you know, there were conspiracy theories about the Iraq war, um, you know, about what really happened to the WMDs. There were conspiracy theories about involving immigration, um, illegal immigration. So, um, and how there was a, this, it's all done by design. I, you know, and I, it, it kind of, I, I'm more of like, well, I went to InfoWars website one time and the guy just aggregated stuff, um, get riling people up. I mean, it was like if, if, if some, CBS affiliate in San Francisco wrote a story about some uh, child, uh, child's um, active, active faith or religious practice was being discriminated against or something or, or whatever in, in high school or whatever, public school, that would get attention, for example. So it was almost like InfoWars was very good at not, maybe not just putting out spin articles or, or um, false fake news. It would also put out legitimate news that, just that would for a wider audience that would really tick people off off when really it's um, it wasn't done in the context as a, of a local news environment or as a, you know, a school environment, which maybe that was really meant for a community audience. Well, and InfoWars always has ticked me off uh, <clears throat> personally because uh, a friend of mine, she has a, a family connection with Sandy Hook, you know, the awful, shooting where you know 20 kids lost their lives and yeah in, in a mass shooting no one should lose their life i'm not you know not acknowledging those too but that sandy hook thing i mean many of the 20 people that died that day were little kids and being a dad of a little girl it just it, it, it breaks my heart thinking man how do you as a parent how do you put your hands around that and then not just what they went through, but you had Alex Jones spouting off conspiracy theories about how Sandy Hook was just a way of of rallying people up so we can pass more gun control and take away Second Amendment rights. And, and you're talking about a freaking mass shooting of little kids, and you got some fat wacko and Alex Jones talking about, and, and again, I don't mean to use fat. I mean, I'm overweight as a a put down, but you know, you got this dope Alex Jones, you know, talking about, you know, trying to say it's conspiracy theory, and you've got all these parents who are, are anguishing the loss of their little kids, and you got Alex Jones screaming. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, Infowars is awful. Now, Craig, quick before we move on, <laughs> I gotta say, brands got me conflicted because I definitely think politics and faith have no, um, you know room together, but when he, when he was telling me about how they put Alex Jones links on their church websites and their church pamphlets, I'm like, well, man. I'll, I'll clarify, not church websites, but individual people, when they make their own Bible pamphlets, like they're okay. doing it on their own, but we but, put it on. But I'm conflicted <laughs> now, because even though I think that's wrong, you shouldn't you, know, you shouldn't put Alex Jones links on your church pamphlets or, that people make up. I'm kind of jealous. I mean, hey, if you're going to put links on whatever, if it's church or otherwise, wouldn't it be great if they could put links to the Ohio podcast? I mean, just imagine the growth we would have. You know, it'd be fantastic. So, are, are you as conflicted as I am, Craig? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not as conflicted. I think everybody has a right to have an opinion on politics. It's actually actually interesting. Um, our 88th district rep, who uh, represents uh, Seneca and Sandusky County, um, is actually a pastor. He was just elected, and uh, Gary Click. Uh, was elected as 88th district rep. He is a pastor at Fremont Baptist Temple in uh, Fremont. And, you know, he's very active politically and he doesn't really feel like there should be a, a separation of having faith being political at the same time. And that's, you know, everybody's going to have a different opinion on that. And that's, that's fine. And, you know, uh, you know, you know, the hope is, is that, you know, people are, are intelligent enough to see through some of the misinformation that's out there. But, you know, looking at that story that, you know, that we're discussing, uh, I'm not sure if I got the professor's name correct, but Scott Walks from the uh, uh, International Politics at Malone University 
made a compelling argument saying that if conspiracy theories are possible, then what's to prevent us from deciding that the Bible was written as a great hoax to deceive people? So that was an interesting quote that, you know, he's he's almost trying to poke a hole through that logic of conspiracy by saying, well, what's to stop people from, you know, believing the Bible was a hoax? So, you know, I think it was a compelling story, very interesting story. But, uh, you know, politics and religion have have, you know, been colliding for decades upon decades. So I don't think it's anything new to, re to, to be honest with you. Well, let me clarify one thing. I mean, yeah, anybody who is a fave has an opinion about politics. Like anybody who's a fave says, hey, I want to vote for this person or that person. You can have that. And any person of faith can say, hey, I'm concerned enough where I'm going to run for politics. But as a Christian and someone who want, needs to stand for the truth, if you're just a pastor commenting on politics around you, or if you're a pastor who wants to run for office, just make sure you're getting the proper information out there. Because as a pastor, forget about if it's politics, even if you're just talking about faith, or if you're talking about <clears throat> is you know sin wrong or something, you have a, a, a obligation to make sure the truth gets out there. You've got obligation of representing Christ well. So the thought would be is if you're a pastor out there, hey, if you want to run for office, great. I, I know the one guy who, who's Raphael Warnock, right, Brandon? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a pastor, and he got elected, and which is fine. I, I don't know too much about Raphael Warnock, so I'm not going to say if he's good, bad, or upside down. But the thing is, is if it's Raphael Warnock on the Democrat side or somebody on the Republican side, tell the truth. Don't get people riled up. Um, the day that Joe Biden got elected, the day he got elected, or his first day in the office, I had two pastors yelling about how Christians are going to get persecuted and it's awful and Joe Biden's you know, evil and bad. You don't know that. Nobody knows that, you know? I mean, only God knows where Joe Biden's thinking. And, and to say after the first day, you're not putting accurate information out there. So, so Craig, to your point, yeah, I mean, the guy that you know it's running or, or is in office, great. I, I have no problem with that. That's fine. And I think it is a good, a, a good mission to say, hey, as a Christian, I want to get into politics and, and share what's right and true. That's fine. I'm just talking about a lot of the people out there who are pelling out crap under God's name. That's that's where I'm, I'm wrong. So hopefully I clarified that. Sure. And not just for you, but just for people who are listening. So should be good. Uh, Brandon, you brought this up, and it – it bothered me. Uh, moving to the next topic. Uh, on Friday, um, there were some announcements coming out by NBC Sports Network. And Brandon, we're, uh, you're a soccer guy. I'm a hockey guy. Uh, Craig likes hockey a little bit too much. Uh, well, not too much. <laughs> uh, we all like hockey a little bit too much in our own ways. But I guess what I'm saying is this is kind of like a niche sports network. where, uh, And it's kind of going away. Um they're going to move some of the content over to USA Network, and I think some of that content might end up on the Peacock streaming service. Uh, what did you think about NBC Sports Network going away? It, interesting. Um, I'm curious. I, I think the reason they're they, they're choosing USA Today over the Net Sports Network is because um, USA Today is just in more households, so yeah. that just makes more sense. Um, I think it's. Live sports, as we say, is really like the one last good product for that. It's really hard for the live streaming to like take dominance over, and um, um, and I think so. I think it's uh, NBC wants um to help boost its USA original programming um by putting sports on there on that channel. I think that makes sense to me. Now, of course, to your point, how much of that will go on USA Today, and how much will will go on uh, go behind the peacock um uh, premium um subscription that's 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 what um that's the question of the day um or you know because right now i mean they're putting for soccer games uh from the english premier league i mean they yeah they put some on um some of the they put some of what i would call like the lower tier games um or maybe not as hyped not as hyped games but if you have like a like two of the top uh, teams in the standings facing off, I would not be surprised if it's behind a peacock wall. So, um, but yeah, uh, it was just really, it's just really crazy how things are changing. Um, but it doesn't sound like I, I, when I first saw the news, I thought, Oh no, I'm losing a channel that I subscribe for on Hulu TV. But that might not 
he's totally the case. So I'm guessing, like you're saying, so USA Network is still going to have non-sports programming on. So it's going to be kind of like NBC, where you see some sports on NBC, but obviously there's other programming. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, like, um, sorry, can you repeat the question? Well, I guess what I'm saying is USA is not going to become a sports network. It's going to become a network where there's sports programming as well as non-sports programming, like NBC. Like, you can see sports yeah. events on NBC. Okay. I, I th- it'll be kind of similar to how TNT has done some sports programming, from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, okay. TNT, like, had randomly had, like, the Champions League final on, I think, a while back. And I was like, this is bizarre, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so I think it'll be more like that, but I think it'll be I, – I just think they're going to – I don't think – I really don't think there's going to be that much difference uh, in terms of production quality. I just um, – Well, I'm um, guessing if you want – Oh, I'm sorry. It's just what channel. It's just what channel you're watching it on. Well, and I'm guessing, like you were saying, I think it's going to draw more people to Peacock because I think you get most of the English Premier League now if you get if you have a paid Peacock subscription. Am I, I think that right? you get the premium games, and then I think um, I don't know if you would get the games that normally stream on the sports network uh, in real time, but you will get you will be able to get all the games after 9 p.m. after a certain point. I think that's how they've arranged okay. it. I could be wrong on that, so don't quote and, me. And Craig, have you heard anything about how this um, impacts hockey? I think in the past, didn't NBC have like two hockey nights a week, maybe? Yeah, Wednesday for sure, and then they've kind of spread it out over the last couple of years where you know maybe they'll have a Tuesday or maybe sometimes they'll even have a Sunday night game. Um, I don't, I, you know, it looks like they're going to be in about eight, you know, six million more homes now with this switch. It seems as though. Maybe this could be the you know NBC's opportunity to try to you know re up with the NHL. Their their television rights deal is ending, and the NHL has said that their goal is to not necessarily pick the largest contract, but pick the best contract for how it helps grow the game. Which means they want to be in as many homes as possible because there's been reports that ESPN is interested in maybe reobtaining the rights. And if that's the case, well, they can put you on ESPN Plus. They can put you on ESPN Two, ESPN. So there's a you know a, just a, a wealth of opportunity there. But maybe moving to USA Network will allow more viewers and more opportunities, maybe for the NHL to feel they can grow their game while sticking with the NBC you know Sunday afternoon games or the NBC Stanley Cup final coverage. So it looks like it could be a good move. I was a little nervous at first because you know when you hear a con you know. The, the, and they're the main provider of hockey games right now is NBCSN. So when you hear that they're closing down and moving to USA, you just kind of wondered if that meant they want to get rid of some of that stuff and maybe just focus on NASCAR or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe some sort of uh, soccer. But uh, it looks like the NHL is still going to have an opportunity to be on the network. And, you know, we'll see if it's as freaking frequent or not or and see if it helps them in their renegotiations for a contract. Well, here's my side. And, and Brandon, we can make this from the MLS, which frustrates us in terms of the way they stream games. Why can't you have it where, like, looking at the NHL or looking at soccer, where you say, all right, we may not have a ton of soccer games or NHL games on USA or or um, NBC, but let's expand what we're doing on ESPN+. Plus. And, well, I'm sorry, Peacock for NBC. And then same way with MLS, because they have the um, – ESPN contract, put more of that stuff on ESPN Plus, even the local streaming games. And if you have to charge more, fine. But I think it makes it a lot more appealing. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I think they're missing a big opportunity because honestly, I, I don't think you're going to see that many more European Premier Soccer League games on USA or NBC. I don't think you're going to see that many more NHL games in, on USA or NBC. But why can't we take this opportunity? to make Peacock, which I'm not seeing the point of subscribing, and I know Brandon wasn't excited about Peacock, but make Peacock and ESPN Plus a lot more appealing for more people. To me, it just makes sense. Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. Um, All right, right now, the network, NBC, is just trying to get people to subscribe to Peacock. I mean, they kind of did this. um, ESPN kind of did the same practice back in – when they first brought out um, um, ESPN2 um, and they wanted cable um, companies to take take the channel, essentially. And um, 
to do that, they put all the high-profile games on that channel. So well, if you didn't offer ESPN2, your customers would be not happy. So you would that's what kind of why ESPN2 is now widely available. Well, I, I think the next biggest appealing thing, in my opinion, would be is make the full package, like the MLS package, the NHL package. I'm not sure if there's a streaming package. Well, NBC is actually doing that with the European games, but make more of these packages available on a premium sports deal, like a ESPN Plus and stuff. Um, you know, ESPN Plus does FEMLS, but they don't do it with home games. But add to it. Keep upgrading what you're doing, and more people subscribe, you can charge more. I, I, and then you can, also, you can offer a cheaper tier if you're afraid that ESPN Plus people wouldn't pay 15 bucks a month. You know, maybe offer a $5 tier without the the packages, but I, I think there's so much more they could do. I think we're willing to spend more on TV. I, I, I get frustrated how we don't get offered that much. You know, offer us more and we'll pay more. So, I don't know. Wanted to touch on a couple brief things. It was a crazy busy week. Um, let's do our, like, a one sentence each um, expanded stuff. Uh, like, a round of just, you know, some of these topics are going on. Sorry, I'm kind of my words are mumbling a little bit this morning. It's kind of crazy, but uh, a couple of real big celebrity deaths over the weekend. Uh, Brandon, any thought on Hank Aaron dying? Uh, sorry, what was that? Uh, I, Hank Aaron dying. Yeah, a couple of celebrity deaths over the weekend. Hank Aaron passed? Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't catch that, so I, I'm not, I don't... Oh, yeah, the baseball... Um, I think it's been not been a good, uh, heard reports that it's not been a good, um, um, year for, for past year for the hall of baseball hall of fame. So, yeah. um, well, but I, I'm not much of a baseball guy, but yeah, it's always kind of sad to see some, someone like pass away when who've contributed to the sport. Yeah. Hank, Hank was a little bit, I mean, Hank was before my time. Um, Craig, you're more of a baseball guy. Any quick thought Hank Aaron? Well, he was a great ambassador for the game. Um, you know, most people will will think of his home run prowess, which is true, but even if he had never hit a home run in his uh, career, he still would have had 3,000 hits, which is a threshold in baseball that not many people have obtained. And he was more than just a home run hitter. He was a great player and a great ambassador after his playing days. Well, and I thought we should um, start with Craig with that question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to think Hank Aaron was boring. I mean, I when I was younger, I was a huge baseball guy. But um, Hank Aaron documented. Um, I like Conan O'Brien, and he actually was on Conan a long time ago. I thought that was kind of interesting. And Conan released a clip clips from the interview, and it was funny. Hank Aaron got just a lot of controversy in Hank Aaron's life, sadly because he was a person of color. He had death threats when he was close to breaking Babe Ruth's home run record, and there was a lot of, um, you know, just racial discrimination against him, which was crazy. I mean, Hank Aaron was a great baseball player; he was a nice guy and everything. Um, and even after his career was over, there was some racial discrimination with him, which was really sad and unfortunate. Um, two other things I thought was interesting about Hank Aaron: um, he was a big Browns fan which is unfortunate. I, I think I was probably one of Hank's worst choices in life, but um, he snuck into the dog pound, especially in the 90s when the Browns were really hot and popular, and he would watch games in the dog pound with a disguise. How about that? You know, If you're in the dog pound watching the game, you, you don't know that Hank Aaron's sitting right by you. It's kind of funny. And then, sadly, right before he died, two weeks ago, um, Hank Aaron got the COVID vaccine, and I, no word that that had anything to do with his death. But I like that story because uh, he did that to encourage people of color to take the vaccine. So even to his death, he was thinking about others, trying to do things to help encourage others. So it was good. Um, we talked a lot about Larry King. Uh, sadly, Larry King lost his life. and yeah, It was COVID-related. I don't know. i not a big fan of Larry King, the person, nine wives, <laughs> kind of strange. Uh, but, you know, it was good interviewer. Um very good in the communications industry. Um, Craig, any thoughts on Larry? Well, he's, you know, he's sort of an icon in our profession. Um, you know, really was kind of a champion for, you know, having a, a spot on those 24 hour news networks, but also just kind of being 
um, more uh, into pop culture, it seemed like. So, yeah, it, you know, it's a tough loss, but, uh, you know, it's been obviously some years since he's, you know, had a prominent role on TV. But, uh, you know, it's 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 always interesting when you when you hear this news because it just makes you think because I kind of grew up a little bit on the sort of the tail end of his career. But certainly uh, a sad day to, to see anybody die. But, uh, you know, someone that you, you kind of grew up watching a little bit, too. Uh, Brandon, we talked about like interviewers. We, we don't see those interviewers as much anymore. Um, is there anybody close to Larry in terms of interview skills that you'd say right now? Uh, depends on what skills you're ta- we're talking about. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's got to be a good question. I, but. I think a Larry King is kind of his own kind of personality in that sense. Um, it was it was funny because NPR um, had to you know do this story on. Just and when I heard it on Saturday, I'm like, oh, he must have passed away. Um, um, but they said an interesting thing is he didn't necessarily prepare for his interviews. He kind of wanted to go in with knowing as much as his viewers would know. So, for instance, if you if you were a celebrity that cat came out with a book, he won't read the book before um, um, uh, interviewing you on the show because um, he's his viewers most likely haven't read the book. So, in a way, I was kind of like frowning a little bit because I was like, "Man, we're told to like, hey, prepare for interviews and uh, yeah, do your yeah. homework and ask better questions." He <clears throat> uh, kind of didn't do that. The other thing too is he didn't necessarily go for the jugular, and maybe in terms of some hard questions, like, and maybe it's, but maybe at the same time, he just got that niche to find some even information no one ever thought to get out of their those sources. Um, they played a clip about that with like with with Nixon and Watergate. He's like, look, I'm not going to ask you about Watergate. It's been well covered, and then get some sort of weird tidbit from Nixon about Watergate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anyone can pull off. Pull, I'm sure someone could probably pull it off, but I don't know. I can't think of anyone right now who can do what Larry King could do um, in his prime. I heard this from a couple of places this weekend. Um, how he was a really good listener. Now, I again, I. When I was in the age of Larry King, I wasn't watching a lot of news programs at the time. But, you know, a lot of people say, listen, good. And it, it's tough. I mean, uh, all good self-reflective. I'm not a good listener. Even, like, doing a podcast, my mind's going with 500 different things. So, oh, what do we talk about next? What's your time? What do we have time for and everything? And there's times where I don't listen here as well. And Larry King's a good listener. And I'll tell you, if you're a good listener in an interview, Things go good. Sometimes you get asked that question that you wouldn't normally think about. And it's a good life skill. Now, if Larry had nine wives, I'm not sure how good of a listener he was in the what as a husband or whatever. But, again, I'm, I'm just joking. We shouldn't bring that up right now. But what I'm saying is, especially as an interviewer, being a good listener really helps. I struggle with that, and Larry was a good listener. I, mean, I think that's what made him a good interviewer, too. So, very good, um, Pierce Morgan had an unfortunate. He, he was trying to. He replaced Larry King on CNN. He uh, ch- tried to have a little bit of fun with it. And I think he went a little too far with it. But uh, Pierce Morgan was no Larry King. I know he tried to replace Larry King. He didn't last that long. And I wish that show could come back in some way. I, I want somebody who could just sit there and interview somebody for an hour. We don't have that that much anymore, especially on like CNN or Fox or MSNBC. I, I think we have too many guys at night that just yell about stuff. And I, I want to see an interview show back. That'd be fun. I, I would like it. Uh, Brandon, you sent me a note about Facebook over the weekend. Did you have login issues with Facebook? There's a lot of login issues. Uh, there's a story from USA Today you can look at. Did, did you have any of those problems? I didn't. It was kind of weird. I didn't have the issues, but I just remembered how you were griping about Walmart. Um, yeah, and saying, "Come on, Walmart, put out a good, P- do some P- good PR, let let the customers know what's going on," <laughs> and then Facebook does that sort of, I guess. And yeah. I, I didn't have issues, so it was just kind of funny to me. Well, it kind of surprised me because at work, there's a lot of people like, "Hey, what's going on with Facebook? What's wrong?" And then you know, we actually ran stories statewide about that, and a lot of people read it, so a lot of people were having problems. Craig, did you have problems with Facebook? No, didn't have problems. Didn't know anything. Was never the wiser until I saw the the message that you guys sent. So yeah, I had no issues. Yeah, Only I people thought... who went to work. <laughs> What's that? Only people who went to work had problems. <laughs> yes, yes, that probably was it. I... 
Yeah, it, it was it weird was for fun. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm on a church communications like Facebook group over the weekend, and a lot of people they rely with the pandemic about like sharing their services on Facebook, and people are like, "Oh, it's not working for us either." So th there's a lot of weird issues with that. And again, knock on wood, I haven't had problems. And now I don't use Facebook as much as I used to, but it, thankfully it's been okay. Um, we'll talk later this week about MeWe. <laughs> I don't know if MeWe had any login issues over the weekend today. <laughs> the Facebook competitors, so I don't know. MeWe's MeWe. I, I wanted to share, I don't want to do this too much, but with proper um, credit, I want to share a couple of video clips from time to time. There were a couple interesting that um, happened over the weekend. Um, I wanted to set this up a little bit to start out with. Um, one of the places I used to work at it was News Herald uh, up in Cleveland. Uh, one, the first daily paper worked at, actually. And it was funny. Um, we used to have sports clerks. Brand, did you have sports clerks we used to work at? Um, might have had a sports clerk back up when I was working in the Youngstown area, but I can't, I can't recall. It's been so long ago. Well, that it used to be a lot more popular, and technically, that was my first job before the News Herald. I worked for the Lions Review, and yeah, I got to cover a lot of games. But you know, sports quick, you just sit, you answer the phone, people call in, you know, scores, you type in the, the agate for that, and everything else. Craig, maybe were you a sports clerk ever? No, no, okay, nope, never. But you ran the sports clerks, I'm sure, right? Um, yeah, they're a little bit before our time, but you know, I'm well aware yeah. of what they've done, and you know, we've had some, but not, uh, not really during my time in, in news, but definitely know what they do. Well, one of the uh, sports clerks that now I think he came a little bit after I did. Uh, but he is now an NFL coach. I want to play a clip, but she brought the news herald during its press conference. So let me pull this up and hopefully this works for us. It was a sports clerk for the news herald in Willoughby, Ohio. It's, it's, it's a great suburban newspaper. My high school tight end, Dan Murphy, his dad was the sports editor at the paper. So I was a sports clerk at the news herald. Um, so that was something that, you know, I was one of these guys that just, you know, was memorizing things at a young age and kind of a, you know, just a gym rat that way. So, um, you know, that's why I admire the work that you guys do so much. Cause I know, I know how late I, you know, I've been a, a clerk late at night, you know, putting some agate, you know, together. So, um, I can, uh, I can appreciate, um, the late nights that you guys go through. I, th I thought that was fantastic. Brandon Saley. Um, he's from the Northeast Ohio area. Um, I talked to one of uh, my old coworkers. I'm not sure if I worked with him or not. And he worked there, there was thinking about from 2002 to 2003. That was kind of near the end of my time with the News Herald. So I'm not sure if I ran the Brandon or not. But, man, one of our the old sports clerks in my paper is an NFL coach now. I thought that was really awesome. And I love the fact maybe you went a little bit too much into the explanation of what sports clerks do because this was his introductory press conference as the coach of Los Angeles Chargers. And he had a lot of detail in about the News Herald. But I thought that was cool. I thought that was fun. I don't know. Do you guys have any famous people you used to work with? No. In papers? No, can't say that. I, no. No NFL coaches, Brandon? Like <laughs> Kevin Stefanski, the coach of the Browns? <laughs> do you ever work in the Delaware Gazette or anything like that? Uh, no, no, I don't think I've worked with anyone who's gone on to fame. I'm no, someone's gonna at me now, probably like, no, there's me. <laughs> Chris no, will but, be like, I, why not? It, Chris Pugh, like, what the podcast host of the Ohioans yeah. not famous enough for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get praise for this thing. No, but no, I thought it was really cool. I don't know too much about it about him honestly and really sports clerks we didn't talk to and they didn't talk to us as much so we didn't really have a great relationship with sports clerks because we were more focused on the news side but hey i thought it was really cool and yeah. i like the fact where yeah he talked up the news herald and I, I think he was trying to make the point say hey media i understand where you're coming from i'll try to be the best i can but sure. I, I thought it was cool nice guy a lot of excitement from old news herald employees about him being hired and Hey, good luck for him. Unless he plays the Steelers, but good luck for him, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. All right. Well, we talked about in politics. We won't play both sides. Um, you know, some people have criticized us because they said, "Well, you you guys sound like you're anti-Trump." And you know, we mentioned about how we want to call balls and strikes. We want to you know have fun with both sides. And Chuck Schumer, the new Senate Majority Leader, 
uh, it's not a big deal, but the junior hire me came out, and I thought that was just fine. Let me play this for you guys real quick. The fact is, the House will deliver. The fact is that the fact is the House will deliver the article of impeachment to the Senate. The Senate will conduct a trial of the impeachment of Donald Trump. It will be a full trial. It will be a fair trial. But make no mistake, there will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection against the United States. All right, that was courtesy of the New York Post and C-SPAN. And uh, I want to give credit for the first clip. That was from Joe Reedy's Twitter account, uh, Joe's AP report out in California. Hey, again, hey, I've loved a couple times already in speaking, so I don't mean to fillet Chuck Schumer too much about it, but I thought it was funny. Uh, you got to be careful when you say election. Sometimes it sounds like erection. I don't know. I feel bad bringing it up because I've already had some vocal floods today. But hey, the junior high guy in me thought it was funny. Brandon, did the junior high humor, did the junior high Brandon enjoy that joke? Um, I would say, you know, it's just a, it's funny on a, on on two levels. Um, yeah, the, the junior high level, you know, oh, he said he said the wrong thing. Uh, on the other level, it's a. You know, it's 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 uh, another another feather in the cap of people who do not like Chuck Schumer, Democrat. I'm talking about Democrats, not Republicans. It's just uh, right. who don't necessarily see Chuck Schumer as the right guy for the uh, leader of the Senate, Democratic Senate. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I would I would I'm even hesitant to say majority leader at this point because it seems like they're still wrangling out, um, trying to wrangle out an agreement with McConnell. Um, since the chamber split evenly 50-50 back in uh, – we did, haven't had that situation like that back in 2000 – like until 2000, 2001, um, when um, – and back then things were more cordial. So they had a, a, a system set up to where um, Democrats could, could have some control in the Senate, but the Senate majority leader was a Republican because the, pres- the vice president was a Republican. So um, they were still hashing it out on the agreement because uh, – uh, so I'm not trying to make it a political topic, but that's just kind of funny to see Schumer again. Like everyone, you'll go on Twitter, you'll find Pete make so and so's majority leader, make so and so majority leader. Um, <clears throat> and this is nothing more than a funny gaff. I mean, really, if you analyze everything, it is at the end of the morning. Yeah, I mean, good night. I I think I didn't sleep as much as I normally did because I kind of slurred over a couple words too. So, you know, if we're gonna sit here and rip Chuck Schumer a new one for saying erection ever in election. Hey, look at your own lives. I mean, geez, last hour I, I made some vocal gaps. We all make vocal gaps. It happens. I, I thought it was just funny. The junior high guy in me was like, yeah, this is great. And if it was Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell, hey, I, I'd play either way. It's pretty good. So, yeah, I just wanted to sh- share some video clips there. Um, packed show, man. We, we did it. <laughs> I, I was afraid that we were going to get through the whole uh, top of the list an hour, but we did. And we did well. Um, tomorrow we're going to have a shortened show. I've got work responsibility, but we'll uh, have a, a little bit of a shortened show to talk about stuff that's happening across Ohio. Brandon, Craig, anything you guys want to shout out before we close for the day? No, I, I don't think so. Brandon, anything else happening in your life? Um, right now, for the last probably half hour or so, probably maybe longer. My wife uh, had to leave early to get her COVID vaccine, but um, she hasn't okay. didn't forgot to disable her Alexa alarm, which has now go, been going off on and <laughs> yes. off. In the, so if you guys hear that, have heard that in the background, that is that is the cause. So, um, Well, like vocal gaffes. <laughs> I can't say anything, but it's like vocal gaffes. I mean, if I criticize a dog in the background or alarm in the background, it's happened to me, believe me, my pets have been a vocal part of the show from time to time. So no worries at all. It happens. Hey, it's life in 2021. I mean, I have worked Zoom calls where people have dogs barking in the background and everything. It happens. We're humans. It's great. So it's wonderful. So, yeah, so be sure. Check our sponsors, Chase Bank. we got other sponsors. Check them out in the podcast link. Uh, subscribe to us. 
and uh, Patreon. Uh, we're trying to develop our Patreon page. It's been a crazy last couple weeks. I haven't got daily posts up there, but we're trying to do more with that. If nothing else, it's a way of supporting the show. Um, three bucks a month. We'll try to have other levels out there in, in the future, but just you know, keep supporting us. We appreciate that. We're we love the number of people are downloading the show, and yeah, keep plugged in. Um, again, we, we're giving you a ton of content during the week, and just um, anything you can do to encourage us is definitely welcome. We appreciate all the downloads and the subscriptions and everything else, and the social media. Keep it up. We're excited about where we're going here. So, all right. Well, we have 30 seconds left. Um, Trying to think of anything else I wanted to call out today. Um, well, one other thing, support local journalism. We talked about this before. Uh, Dispatch.com, Cincinnati.com, subscribe. Lots of big news happening across the state. It's helped us get topic lists and, um, you know, keep up with that. To make sure you know what's the latest happening. It's been a busy news week in Ohio. All right. Well, for Craig and Brandon, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day, and thanks for listening to Ohio.